Amen. That was tremendous singing. Maybe we should have went on another verse. That was tremendous. And uh, praise the Lord today. And we pray for those showers. We plead with God. And oh, that today, today they might fall. We're going to turn in our Bibles, please, for our scripture reading. 1 Kings and the chapter 18. We're not going to read all of the chapter, but we are going to break into the chapter, commencing to read from the verse 30. First Kings chapter 18, commencing to read here from the verse 30. And as we read, we pray that the Lord will speak afresh to our hearts, that the Lord might grant to us and give to us a stirring word in season, know that we might hear his voice today. Reading from the verse 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar. And he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon, and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. 
And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Amen. And we trust and pray that the Lord will bless to our hearts the public and precious reading of his word to our hearts. Amen. Turning back to the portion that we previously read from 1 Kings and the chapter 18, please. We're going to take today as our text the words of verse 41. And here we read in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up. Eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. With God's word open, let's just briefly pray and ask the Lord to speak to each one of our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy word today. We bless thee for all the promises of God, which are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. We thank thee, Lord, today for the going forth of thy word. And we pray, Lord, speak to each and every heart afresh. Lord, grant that we will hear thy speaking voice. Close out every single thing that would be a distraction, every thought, every consideration. We pray, Lord, that we might hear thee speak personally to our hearts and to our souls. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Situated in northwestern Israel, Mount Carmel is an area of outstanding natural beauty. It's also a very fertile region. The name Carmel means God's vineyard or God's orchard. It has a wide, vast mountain range expanding some 24 miles long and 5 miles wide. Mount Carmel, because it is a coastal region and a coastal mountain range overlooking the Mediterranean Sea with its high, steep edges, it therefore became and was a center of false worship and idolatry because of the high mountains. The high expense, expanse of Mount Carmel was the setting for two major events recorded here in 1 Kings in the chapter 18. The first event being the defeat of the prophets of Baal, and the second event, the end of a prolonged drought. It was at a time of national declension that were introduced to the prophet Elijah. Wicked king Ahab was on the throne of Israel, taking to 
himself, Jezebel, to be a wife. And what a wicked rule and reign it was between them. We read about that in 1 Kings in the chapter 16. Therefore, we find that Elijah was raised up by God to stand at a very difficult time, a very dark time in the nation and in the country, a crucial time. And boldly, as Elijah is called by the Lord, we find that, or as Elijah was called by the Lord, we find that he obeyed the Lord and he goes to Ahab and he delivers the Lord's word to him. Look with me here at 1 Kings in the chapter 17 and the words of verse 1. He were introduced to Elijah. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. He goes before Ahab, this wicked king, and he basically says, Thus saith the Lord. Ahab, I have a word for you. It's a word from God. The Lord is going to withhold the rain. There's going to be a drought. It's going to last for years. He was a man that God used, wasn't he, in a mighty way. And yet we're reminded in Scripture, in the book of James, that Elias, Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. Yes, he was a tremendous man of God, one mightily used by God. But there is underscored and underlined the fact that Elias was a man. Made of the same stuff that you and I are made of. A man with doubts, with fears, with feelings. Passions. We find in the next chapter, chapter 19, how that Elijah, after these great victories, we find that he was filled with fear, fleeing for his life. After hearing that Jezebel was Seeking to kill him, basically he had received a personal death threat, we might use that term. And yet, there we find Elijah depressed, sitting down under the juniper tree, giving up, wanting to die. Going from the mountaintop experience right down to the valley. Oh, oh, can't we identify with that? Can't we see ourselves there? There are times whenever the Lord's moving and working and we're blessed and we're on the mountaintop. But there are those other occasions. When we feel alone, depressed, and down. He was a man, an ordinary man, called to do extraordinary things. He was a man who was certainly led by the Spirit. And we find that recorded for us in 1 Kings chapter 17. Look with me here at the word of verse 2. We read, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee up, or get thee hence, And turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. We find there that he was instructed by the Lord to go and to hide himself at the brook. The Lord leading him. The Lord directing him. We find there Elijah going in obedience. Then some three years later, in time we find that the Lord spoke to Elijah again. 1 Kings chapter 18, and the words of verse 1, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. 
So what Elijah was instructed, go hide thyself, go show thyself. It's a fulfillment of the second event of the promise recorded here in chapter 18. Sending forth of the rain that I want to focus your thoughts and attention upon today. Under the title, Abundance of Rain, verse 41. There is a sound of abundance of rain. Consider here, first of all, that Elijah perceived the sound of abundance of rain. Now, in the New Testament, Luke's Gospel records the fact that this drought that plagued Israel lasted for three and a half years. Luke chapter 4 and the verse 25 we read, But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. You hear this drought lasting for that period of time? It was a direct result of the Lord's displeasure upon what was taking place in the land. It was a direct result of the consequences of sin and turning away from the Lord. And we know that from Deuteronomy and the chapter 11. If you'd like to turn to that portion, Deuteronomy chapter 11, the words of verse 16. And here the Lord was speaking to his people, warning them, speaking to them very clearly. Basically, the Lord was saying, as you follow me and as you walk with me and as you obey me, I will bless you. But if you turn away from me, if you rebel against me, there are going to be consequences, dire consequences. I'm going to chasten you. And here we read in the verse 16, Deuteronomy 11, Take heed to yourselves, that your heart be not deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven, that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit. Unless ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. And so the, the withholding of the rain it was an evident sign of God's displeasure and his judgment upon the land. And that's very clear. Then we turn to our passage here in 1 Kings chapter 18. We find here that Elijah perceived that the Lord was going to send the rain. He was going to send forth the floods because... God had promised to do so in his word. You see, the Lord would not only withhold the rain and withhold his blessing, but in, when the Lord's people would obey him, he would pour out his blessing. And so Elijah came with absolute confidence that God was going to fulfill his word. It wasn't just the rain that Elijah heard. Notice what it says in verse 41. He said to Ahab, and this was, of course, before the rain was actually beating off the ground and before it was sent, there is a sound of abundance of rain. It's not just a little drizzle that's coming. 
It is a mighty outpouring, a deluge, floods. And Elijah perceived this sound for several reasons. It certainly was based upon the word of God. Elijah's faith was resting upon the promises of God. Whenever we think about the promises of God and faith and the need for faith, it's not a blind leap in the dark. It's not a blank check that we simply name and claim, as it were. No, faith has a foundation, that foundation being God's eternal word, his truths. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hands. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. God had promised to send the rain in answer to obedience. And so at Mount Carmel we find here that as the people had promised to turn from their sin, to repent, even for a time when they did hear, we find that Elijah was conscious of the fact that God is true to his word. That God will answer his word. He will send forth an abundance of rain. So he was confident based on the word of God and also the will of God. The Lord had already spoken. The Lord had already spoken about the matter. And of course, God is immutable. His word is immutable. Look at 1 Kings 18. He read the words of verse 1, where the Lord at the latter part of that verse said, I will send rain upon the earth. This was in the divine will of God. And Elijah knew that. He perceived that. And so he was focused on fulfilling the will of God. Can I say for each and every one of us, we need to seek out the will of God for our lives. Young people, and no doubt there are young people here and perhaps you've returned back to to school and you're praying about your future and you're maybe going to college and thinking about university and employment and all of those areas. You need to seek the will of God for your life and then you need to submit to it, to yield to it, wherever the Lord would have you to go, whatever he'd have you to be or do. And then to stay focused upon that will. God has a plan. He has a purpose for all of our lives. And we are to seek out that plan and then to fulfill it. Elijah His confidence was based on the word of God, the will of God, but also upon the work of God. You see, he could look with great confidence knowing that God had already answered prayer in miraculous ways for him. You think of the time when he was fed by the ravens at the brook Cherith, bread and flesh and meat, the barrel of meal and the cruise of oil not running empty, The Lord miraculously raising up the widow woman's son from the dead. How God had answered by fire at Mount Carmel. What confidence Elijah had here to make this statement. There is a sound of abundance of rain. Can I say there at Carmel, before the rain came, the fire had to fall. Sin must be judged. God is holy. Sin must be paid for. And today we approach the Lord afresh. And we approach him on the 
grounds of the finished work of our Savior, the blessed Lord Jesus Christ. We approach him on the basis of that finished work, the fire falling there at Calvary upon our blessed Savior. He made him sin to be us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Fire speaks of judgment. Well, certainly in this place it speaks of judgment. And rain here is certainly a picture of grace. We find here that Elijah spoke to Ahab. He said to him to get up and to eat and to drink. And we find here in verse 18, the verse, or chapter 18, the verse 41, that Ahab done that very thing. I want you to see something very important here. In verse 41, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Elijah here was saying, Ahab, God is moving mightily in power. The rain is coming. God is moving. And yet here we have a wicked man who is set and determined to oppose the Lord and his cause and his ways. Ahab here is unmoved. He's untouched. The rain is going to come. But here's a man who will not enter into the blessing. Perhaps even today as we think about the cross, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, your heart has been unmoved. Does it not stir your heart? Does it not move you today to think that the Holy Son of God died there on the cross, cross at Calvary, that he shed his blood and died? Does that not move you today? Elijah perceived the sound of abundance of rain, but he prepared to seek for abundance of rain. Here in verse 42 we read, So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. You see, after the great event and the great victory at Mount Carmel, and the fire falling, there was still much for Elijah to do. I want you to see, he didn't just step back here and think the fire has fallen, so now God's going to send the rain. Notice that Elijah, he wasn't passive in his actions. Yes, he knew, he believed, he trusted that God is sovereign in all of his acts, his will, his ways. Elijah knew that, he understood that. But he also realized that he needed to actively be involved in serving the Lord. He couldn't just be passive. It says here he went up to the top of Carmel. Notice what Elijah did. He went to a solitary place. He went up. Let me ask you a very personal question. During the past week, have you gone to the top of the mount with the Lord? Have you been in the solitary place? Taken that time to wait before the Lord? You see, there is a new height. There's a new depth, a new breadth to knowing God that you and I have never experienced There is so much more to knowing the Lord. So much more. The very fact that Elijah went up, it speaks to us of consecration. He's going up. And oh, that you and I might go up. Abraham, when he took young Isaac, 
We find there, he said to his servants, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. I'm going to go up. We must, in that sense, say to the world and to all the demands placed upon us, just tarry here, just wait here. There's something vital I must do. I must go up and worship. We must put the Lord first. We also find here in the verse 42, not only did Elijah go up, but we find here that he cast himself down upon the earth. And he put his face between his knees. Doesn't that speak to us about humility? About the very fact that he is a man who is serious about the things of God. He comes before the Lord. He gets alone before the Lord. And he throws himself down. He yields his whole self up to the Lord. And he cries to God to intervene. And to send the rain. He's a humble man. And though that we, ye, we as the Lord's people would come humbly before him. Recognizing that we have nothing of ourselves to offer him. But we just come before the Lord and bow before him. Elijah perceived the sound of abundance of rain. He prepared to seek for abundance of rain. But he also prayed specifically for abundance of rain. Turn with me please in your Bibles to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. The words of verse 17 and 18 of many have already just made reference to part of verse 17 here. Here we read in verse 17 of James 5, Elias, Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months, and he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. The question, of course, that we would naturally ask is, if God had promised to send the rain, instructed Elijah he was going to say it, why then did Elijah have to pray for rain? After all, God had said it was coming. Can I say that all the promises of God that we have in the Bible, which are yea and amen in Christ Jesus, they're given to us to instruct us and to encourage us, to inspire us to pray. Elijah is a great example of this. He prayed effectually. In verse 16 there in James 5, we read, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah sensed. It was the heart of God. It was his will to bless his people that the Lord was going to send the rain. His prayer came from a heart of consecration, humility, and earnest desire for the things of God. He prayed effectually. He also prayed earnestly. We're told there in verse 17 that he prayed earnestly. Matthew Henry said, Elijah prayed that it might not rain, and God heard him in his pleading against an idolatrous, persecuting country, so that it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain. Thus, you see, prayer is the key which opens and shuts 
heaven. He asked the Lord for specific things. Can I say that it's good to pray and to be general in prayer, but it's also very good to be specific in prayer, to ask the Lord for very definite requests and things to pray about. He prayed effectually, earnestly, but he also prayed expectantly with great confidence. He wasn't just praying for the physical rain to fall. No much more than that. Elijah prayed for the spiritual rain, the Holy Spirit to fall upon the work of God. Notice here also from our portion that Elijah prioritized his servant to look for abundance of rain. Read here in the verse 43, that Elijah said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. You see the mission here given to his servant? Go up now, look toward the sea. We find here the servant, he went up immediately. There was that sense of immediacy, urgency, and the need to go at his master's bidding. Know that you and I likewise would run and be swift to do our Heavenly Father's will. We find that in obedience he went up and he looked. He did exactly what was required of him. What a challenge that is to each of us before the Lord today. That we would seek to fulfill God's will in our lives. That we would yield in obedience to him and follow him wholeheartedly, completely. We find here that he went up and he looked toward the Mediterranean Sea. Very easy to, to read the words without really grasping the significance of, for instance, the energy that was expended by the servant here. He was to run up to the top of the mountain. I don't know about you, but even walking to the top of the likes of Donard would have me uh, very much out of breath. But imagine running up, running up again, and running up again. Uh, there's a great sense of the servant here giving of his time and giving of his energy and using that strength to carry out his master's will. And he brings back the report. Now, if you notice the words here in verse 43, he looked up and he said, there is nothing. The words there is are italicized. They're not in the original. So the sense is stronger here. He looked up, nothing. That's the report he brought back. Imagine bringing a, remission, a missionary update or report and saying, and saying, well, in regards to what the Lord is Doing nothing. Nothing. Perhaps that's how it feels at times in the work of God. Nothing's happening. I personally like to spend time with people you're positive about the work of God and the things of God. I do not like to listen to negativity. Because God is working. 
and so often we fail to see it. But what I want you to see here, not only did Elijah prioritize his servant to look for the abundance of rain, but he persevered sincerely for abundance of rain. Verse 43, he said, go again seven times. Two things in spe- specifically that Elijah could have done in response to the report. On hearing that report, nothing, Elijah. Comes back again, nothing. Nothing. Two things. He could have been quiet and he could have accepted defeat. Or he could have kept going and he did. Go again seven times. There are those times, occasions when we can lose heart because of disappointments. We see very little happen because of difficulties, discouragements. May even seem at times that we're going backwards instead of forwards. We think of the, the delays. We don't see answers to prayer right away. You think of the Lord's disciples toiling all the night, working, laboring. And you think of the effort expired and used. And the Lord commands them again, launch out again. And of course, when they did, there was an abundance of fish. We are to keep persevering. We are to keep going. We are not to quit. We are not to give in. Notice that he went seven times. We, we haven't time to consider the significance of the number seven, but that's, that's something you could do yourself in personal study. You think of the, the, the significance of the number seven in Scripture. Numbers are important in Scripture. The number seven typifying or speaking of completeness of perfection. And in God's perfect time, the answer came. In God's perfect will, the rain was sent. You think of how the Lord rested on the seventh day. Perfect work. Naaman dipping in Jordan seven times. Seven sayings from Christ on the cross, etc. It was according to God's perfect time the rain was given. But I want you to consider here, in closing, that Elijah proclaimed the sending of abundance of rain. Notice what we read here in verse 44 and verse 45. Verse 44, And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black, with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. The seventh time the servant returned. Here was his response this time. It wasn't nothing, but it was. There riseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. Elijah here saw the potential of a little cloud. The challenge, of course, comes to our hearts. Do we see the potential of what God can do and God does with little things? You think of the size of the cloud. It was little. It's so insignificant, isn't it? So it appears. But it's not insignificant. It's of great significance. It's the beginning of something mighty that's going to happen. Something remarkable. 
We are not to despise a day of small things. We are to thank the Lord for every single thing. And those little things we praise and we give God thanks for. You think of that time when the Lord said to his people about the time they were going to inherit the promised land. And the Lord said, by little and little, I'm going to drive the heathen out. And there is that sense that by little and little they were going to see the blessing of God and experience it on a daily basis. We can be so thankful for the little things that God does. And that's just not a matter of, oh, well, we thank the Lord and we we take consolation and and that's what we're satisfied with. No, we thank the Lord for those little things in the expectation, in the confidence. It's the start of something great. You think of the size of the cloud. You also think of the shape of the cloud. The servant said it was like a man's hand. I believe that this Little cloud had the appearance of a man's hand. This little cloud came in the shape of a hand. We think about the hand of God in Scripture. Oh, there's so much to encourage us and to instruct us. God's hand is a saving hand. It's safe, it's strong, it's a sovereign hand, but it is a supplying hand. God's hand, it's not a human hand. God does not have a hand that's tight, as it were, and stingy that we have to prize, as it were, prize forth the fingers to try and get out. What's inside? No, he has an extended hand, a supplying hand, a hand that's willing to bless. What confidence Elijah possessed. The news that there was a cloud, a little cloud like a man's hand, it was enough for him to act in great confidence to send the message to Ahab. Ahab, quick, you better get home right now. The floods are coming. And if you don't get home quick, your very chariot will be swept off the road. We read there, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. A great rain. Just a little cloud. And that's how it commenced. Elijah was looking for the answer. He was focused upon the Lord's will. He had a desire to see God work. And so he got up before the Lord. He went to the top of the mount. He cast himself down upon his face. Christ of God to come and to send the answer. I certainly feel challenged. How serious are we about God's work, about his blessing, 
about revival, about what really matters. I trust and pray today that before the Lord, we will thank him for the little things, thank him, thank him for what he is doing. But in anticipation, God is, is going to send the rain. The question is, do we hear it? I trust and pray that we do. Let's unite our hearts together in prayer as we close our meeting. Pray that the Lord will speak on to our hearts. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful today for all thy mercies, thy tenderness, thy love and kindness. Thank thee, Lord, for all thy hast been doing and what you are doing, Lord. Thank thee for the news of every soul saved and every life transformed. Thank thee, Lord, that thou art building thy church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But, Lord, we earnestly, sincerely pray for the floods upon the dry land. Lord, send the spiritual rain. We cry to thee, Lord, to write thy word upon our hearts. We pray that we'll not just be stirred, as it were, for a moment, but, Lord, it will be a work of God within our hearts, drawing us and leading us out after thee. Take us all to our homes in safety this day. Grant to us that earnest, sincere, humble desire. Help us to be focused, to see God work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.